Mason. Mr. Claus. You want to hear a story? Sure. Um, last week had a realization that it's been almost 10 years since I first started working in the trades. It was back in uh, 2014. Which was, how old were you? I was 16 years old. Yeah, you uh, were 16 and I was having my first child. but carry on Um, uh, it was a summer job for the general contractor I work with currently Um, and two of my cousins had worked with him uh, for the summers previous to that so uh, I was like well hey like I'll I'll give it a shot and then uh, worked off and on with him that summer Enjoyed it. Uh, just uh, he was a cool guy. Uh, still is a cool guy. Um, Can I ask you? Before, did you have any interest in construction work? I like looking back at it now. Even when like there'd be people who came over to the house to like work on the house, I was always like super curious mm-hmm. about what they were doing, stuff like that. Or like when I was five years old, I got given a shovel for my birthday nice. so that we could go dig in the backyard. Or there was um, a Christmas where we got a tool set with a hammer and nails and two by fours. So my dad taught us like how to nail things together, stuff like that. So there were certain like key things where looking back, I'm like, okay, I can see how these things were just laid in almost like the subconscious. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I was graduating high school, in 2015 uh didn't have the money to go to college didn't want to go to college and so it was okay it is time to go get a job the guy who i had worked for uh the previous summer uh, he had gotten his general contractor's license at that time and uh he was looking uh, he needed some help uh he had a guy already with him full time and then i got brought on at ten dollars an hour which was a $2 increase for me from the summer before. So nice. I was I was pretty dang happy, but I'm pretty sure that was that was minimum wage at the time. So or under. Uh, no, it it was I'm pretty sure it was right at or maybe minimum wage was still uh, $8 an hour. Either way, okay. it, we we were right there. Um and then my whole plan at that time was to work with him a couple years uh, and then possibly go to the military uh, and then Kind of like just go from there. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of it was more something to do, make money, um, be an upstanding citizen or whatever that meant, um, and move on. But ended up really enjoying what I was doing inside the trade. So the military idea kind of faded a little bit just because I was doing something that uh, I enjoyed. Um, about four years into that, uh, decided to. Uh, switch gears a little bit. There was a window and door company that we had built out their showroom uh, and had done some work on the side for those guys where they'd call me up like, hey, we're adjusting this thing in our, our showroom with the display or changing an office thing. And uh, on one of those occasions, one of the owners said to me, hey, if you're uh, ever looking for a job, let us know. We'd be happy to have you. That was in a February. In June, I came on board with them, spent about um, I think it was about a year with them. And then there were some friends of mine that, uh, well, you know, Nick, uh, Nick Carlisle, he mm-hmm. was in real estate 
and I heard that he was doing pretty well, and I heard about how he was trying to own, uh, maintain a certain amount of hours that he worked a week, and I looked at it as, well, that's more money than almost most of the people that I know are making around me, and if he's doing it with just roughly like a full-time, putting in just a full-time job, I'm willing to work more than that. The jobs that I've had were working more than that, uh, so let's go blow the doors off the real mm-hmm. estate industry and just make a shit ton of money. Uh, so also at the time, uh, I had a boss at the window and door company that um, was not a huge fan of. He wasn't a great leader in that position. There were certain things that he was good at in his role. Um, in terms of leadership, he wasn't great, so it kind of helped make my decision. Yeah. That, oh, I'm going to probably move on from that. I loved so many people at that company, the amount of relationships that I created. Uh, like I had one of the guys there, he came to my wedding just because we became such great friends during that time. I'm uh, good friends with the owners of that company. I've got two of uh, my best friends are employees at the company. So I love that window and door company. It was more just an opportunity thing. And then also didn't like my boss. And so it's like, I need to, I need to go somewhere else and uh, pursue that. So got the real estate license moved on, which I should back up and say around that time too, I also started looking around and saying, uh, what's the cap on how much money I can make inside the trades. And at that time I was making around $40,000 a year. Uh, and when I was doing my assessment, uh, I, I figured the cap I could make was around $60,000 a year as an employee. So that's when I heard that I can make more than that in real estate. I was like, let's go, let's go make money. But I didn't, uh, I knew that people could make more in the trades than that, but they had to be owners of a company. And Mm -hmm. I didn't really have the interest to go become an owner of a construction company or an owner of a company. Here's kind of the funny, stupid thing. Um, I got my real estate license. I signed up with the Hamblin team here to uh, come on board. And then like two weeks before uh, I'm starting full-time here, I had this biggest, like, you're an idiot moment where I realized, dude, you are starting a business and you just don't realize it because you're calling yourself a realtor, not I'm starting a business. Mm So there was a part of me for a second where I was like, I really should have just started a construction business because that's what I know. Yeah. Anyways, um, we're here with the Hamblin team. Um, and then first year, just essentially like you're learning, getting a couple transactions underneath your belt, the uh, training splits and the uh, just how they break down. Like you don't make a ton of money because you're just trying to understand the lay of the land Next year, uh, beginning of the year, I did pretty uh, decently well uh, in like a 45-day period uh, and then started having people reach out about construction stuff like uh, that they needed done. I had some people reach out before that, but all of a sudden it started to get like it was off and on. This all of a sudden became a lot busier. So started doing that and real estate at the same time thought, all right, do we have an avenue where these cross over together? I'm going to be doing both of these long-term. And then decided, you know what, like let, I've got the real estate license. Let's get a general contractor's license as well. So bought the books, got uh, signed up for the course and all that good stuff and started studying for that. Well, September, September of last year, well, August of last year, all my construction side work grinded to a halt after like three months of it being consistent where I 
I almost had like a full-time job just doing the construction stuff and real estate going at the same time. Like it was super cool. I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing it. Um, uh, things grinded to a halt and part of when I had made a decent amount of money at the beginning of the year, I had also spent a decent amount of money at the beginning of the year between taxes, buying some things, stuff like that. So, uh, August construction stopped for me, September real estate was my last transaction and then nothing was moving. So, uh, in November kind of had a come to Jesus moment with the bank account that things were quickly running towards zero. So, reached out. Um, I had a meeting planned with the general contractor I used to work for and we sat down and uh, he asked me and I thought it was funny. He's like, so is this uh, meeting about business or just hanging out? And I was like, well, it's just to be kind of supposed to be just kind of hanging out, catching up, but uh, actually it's going to be business. So asked uh, how his business was going. They were going gangbusters uh, and I let him know, well, I need a job right now. So Jumped back in with him uh, December of 2022. And then uh, that December and then January really felt like I had taken just a huge kick in the nuts as far as I felt. Well, I'd say November through January felt like I had taken a huge kick in the nuts, feeling like I just failed inside of real estate. And that just, that sucked. It wasn't anyone's fault essentially but my own but I felt like man like there's people who are asking like hey how's real estate going it's like "Ah, I'm not doing that anymore (laughs) and and having to then explain to them it's like well why is that and it's like I could explain it was my fault and I did that so that was kind of the I screwed up to her that was not fun uh but what was kind of funny that all the construction side work that had stopped and then also some of the real estate transactions that had stopped started, uh, I started getting phone calls. So I had two people in real estate that I closed beginning of the year and I was like, all right, I think that's it for real estate because all of a sudden, uh, the side work for construction, uh, people started reaching out. So started getting some momentum there, had the wedding coming up, And then at a certain point decided, all right, you know what? I had set the general contractor's course down for a while because I confidence was smashed for a while and just was like, I just, I, that's not something I want to focus on. Like didn't seem in the realm of possibility, didn't have the money for it. And I need to be focusing other areas, but ended up picking up the course again, uh, and then started applying myself more diligently to that this time than the previous time. And uh, got a kick in the ass from Paul French. Uh, he's um, a gentleman from the Window Door Company. He's one of the owners over there. Uh, and I went and took my test in September, passed my test, and then I put together my application w- to the Arizona uh, Registrar of Contractors. Uh, and as of, I think it was November 6th of this year, Sledgehammers in the office is now a licensed general contractor in the state of Arizona. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. So that's a longer story than usual, but you forgot the uh, the time in between where I'm like, dude, just go fucking get it. Dude, just go get your just study for it. Yep. Yeah. There there was that Mason. Um, I was being a pest. 
No, you are being correct. And I think there's a period in real estate where I set the standard and the bar for what I needed to be doing on a day-to-day too low for myself. Um, And a part of that was how I approached getting the general contractor's license when I tried the first time. And that's why you were like, Hey, just keep going, finish it out, just study it. And I was, I, at that point, I think I was just like, dude, I, I can't even think about this right now. Yeah. I mean, an outsider looking in, it was just, I mean, this is anything in life. Like you can't have one foot in one, not even one foot in one foot out. You can't have both feet, you know, in two different areas. You got to, you got to make a decision. Otherwise, yep. One will fail, and now you know what that feels like. Yeah. Fucking and, sucks. Yeah. And the stupid part is, like, I knew that. I could tell people that, but I was trying to pretend in my brain that real estate and construction had enough crossover that everything was fine. And what I was doing made sense because I had this big um, plan Master for how plan, they yeah. would cross over in the future and all these things, and then it they both didn't work because I didn't put enough work into either of them. Mm-hmm. So, and you saw the ultimate consequence zero on both sides yeah. for a while. Yeah. So I feel like the big learning thing that I had out of the whole experience was one understanding um, when you have a decent amount of money at one point, that might mean that there's going to be another point where you don't have as much income. So steward that wisely. And then also, uh, you, I need to be more on top of my day to day, uh, and making sure that there's a lot of work that goes into that because yeah. I can in construction, I'll work a 12, 13 hour day. That's fine. That's easy. Put me on the job site, but there's stuff where it's like, like that, that's the killing part of it. The hunting part where it's like getting the leads, uh, working with the customers, getting the stuff like that. That's the part where I needed to really start putting on the focus. Exactly. In. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Broader perspective is you were younger though. Everybody goes trying to figure out what you're trying to do. Um, you just had the real experience of the grass isn't really greener on the other side. Kind yep. of moment, you know. Yep. You wanted, I think you wanted them to mesh more than they actually did. I think so. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I look at it as, I'm hoping, I don't know how obviously everything plays out now with the general contracting side, what that will turn into, but... Um, I feel like there was a lot of lessons that I learned just being in real estate that I'm going to be carrying over to, uh, Sido. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like God was like, Hey, I need you to take a detour. It's not going to be fun, but there's a whole reason for why, why you're there. And then I'm going to bring you back to the trades. So, yeah, I mean, they, they did, they called, uh, well, you're, you do the CrossFit, uh, what do they call it? Like cross training. Yep. Where, you know, basketball player, he does he trains for as a boxer. Yeah. Starts working different muscles. He just had to spark those little those sides of the brain. Yep. So, well, dude, congrats, man. Thanks. All right, and then we're gonna dive into that a little bit more later, um, because even on the the real estate, there's when I was getting into real estate, and then when I was doing the same thing to get the general contractor's license, talking to people about, all right, how how much did it cost? What did I have to do? Um, there's a lot of people where they've been in business for so long that I was asking that they're like, dude, it's been so long. I honestly don't remember. So while it's fresh in my brain, we're going to go over, um, the steps that I went through. So these are just for me. Um, 
if if you can learn something from it, great, but this is not advice for whatever, you get it. Uh, and then I'm gonna also talk about how much I spent on those things, and they're gonna be probably approximate numbers. I tried to be pretty accurate and look at some of the bank statements, but depending on the vendor you go through, uh, that's what it'll be. But before that, it's been a couple weeks. What have you been up to? It has. Uh, you know, just getting through the holidays, you know. Got the uh, Christmas lights up for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first, I mean, I've owned like four, four or five different houses, which theoretically, you know, you put all the things in place so when you put up your Christmas lights the year after, it's a lot faster but when you, if you move too many times you know it's not that yeah yeah but it took it took a little longer so we finally got the christmas lights up so next year will be a little better too um next year i will probably need to borrow a bigger ladder from you because <laughs> the top side of the house does not have lights but it still looks fine yeah so it still looks good but i would like to eventually i've always wanted one of those houses that has a lot of christmas lights yeah although i do want to Take a, we we spoke about this before the permanent lights. Oh yeah, I do want to look into that. Yeah, because those things look sick. Yeah, we've got them on that big house that um, the general contractor I worked for uh, they're wrapping up right now. Mm -hmm. It's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, because I just want to throw an old school party, mm -hmm. and then have just have my entire house lights flashing to whatever music is playing inside <laughs> until the HOA or whatever yep. fucking Karen's coming to yell. Yep. That'd be fun. Yeah, but no, Christmas lights, doing Christmas shopping. Uh, we say it you every year. You about all done with that? No, we say it every year that we're going to be like, oh, we're going to get we're gonna get a head start because, you know, you bought like one gift. Yep. Yeah, and that's kind of where we are. Yep. So we still got to do all that stuff. Um. Right now, we, I don't have any family Christmas shopping because we're, uh, my my side of the family, we're going to go up north for like an Airbnb this weekend. And oh, that's, nice. we decided instead of getting presents for everybody, we're just going to pitch in to Where up uh, north? pay for that, like Munns Park outside of Flagstaff. Oh, nice. Is it snowing up there yet? I don't know. I should check. I mean, it's kind of, yeah. Usually, uh, Munns Park, it does snow. Not heavy like Flagstaff, but. It's pretty close to Flagstaff. Yeah. It's like right outside of it. Mm -hmm. So. You guys have any activities planned out there? I'm sure that the family has some stuff they want to do, and in my mind, I'm like, I just want to chill. <laughs> Roast some chestnuts? Mm, yeah, no, probably not. By an open fire? Yeah. You're going to make sweet passion of love in the snow? In the snow, no. Oh, that'd be hard. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, Christmas lights. Dude, this has been the highlight. Getting those up. Yeah, we so. went and looked at uh, Christmas lights. There's a neighborhood in Moon Valley where they have a competition every year. Mm -hmm. So the wife and I drove through there, and they actually have it where the HOA. I think it's the HOA will come and judge the lights on the houses, and they hand out prizes. Oh, really? And they will rank all. <coughs> they will rank the houses. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. So there's like buses that'll drive through there. There were. Uh, when we were going through on Sun or Monday, I forget what. Uh, anyways, uh, there were truck beds full of like kids in the back that the parents are driving mm -hmm. them through the neighborhoods. Just like, it's pretty cool because those people have a little bit of money over there, so they 
Yeah. They get into it with those Christmas Although lights. Although I did finally spot my neighbor. So I've been living in my house almost a year, okay. 10 months or whatever. Neighbor to the right was in there before us. Mm-hmm. The neighbor to the left was supposed to close like two weeks after us. But like the day that they were supposed to sign papers, that we're talking to the sales guy, they just backed out of it and just left like 18 grand on the table and Ooh. walked away. Okay. So our neighbor to our left, we don't have neighbors to our left. Yep. Um, this probably has something to do with me though. Every time throughout, this was throughout college because you know college. It's not like high school. You have like yeah. assigned seating kind of bullshit. You show up. I swear to God, there could be fucking four seats left in this entire thing. I guarantee you, I'd have two right next to me, wide open. <laughs> I swear, dude, on everything all the time, and then now. Nobody wants to live to the left of us, and then the house in front of us, nobody lives in. But I finally spotted the neighbor. Yeah. And I didn't even, their lights on, I've seen, I've seen a garage door open, never really seen even cars go in and out. I just know that somebody lives there because there's lights on. I finally yeah. saw him pulling out. I was on like my hands and knees because I was picking out weeds because oh, we were yeah, yeah. doing the things or whatever, and I saw it open and I just stood there. Like, I was just on all fours, and then I just stood there like this, like, waiting. And they pulled out, and then they sat in the driveway, looking forward, wouldn't look over. I'm like, fuck, look. And they finally looked over, and I waved. And they waved and smiled. They're super nice. Older couple. (laughs) Yeah. But finally fucking spotted them. (laughs) So that was was a win. That's hilarious. It was just curious on who the hell we were living next to. Yeah. Cause they had a big old gazebo built in the backyard too. Yeah, yeah, but they might not, not like us. Our kids are freaking loud, dude. So, <laughs> do you want to hear about a loss from this weekend? Yeah, it was. It's not anything like uh, your uh, birthday celebration. No, not like that. Okay, yeah. No, this is. Uh, have you been to Chili's recently? It's been a long time since I've been to. Chili's, except for like three months ago, I met a lender over there, and that was the first time in over a year. Okay. Um, I went with the wife this weekend because she's like, hey, like, there's a Chili's just on the corner, like, across from where we live. So, like, let's go over. I was like, all right, sure. Like, I was not hungry that day. I had eaten huge lunch. So I was yeah. like, I'm just going to get something small. So. The, que- the queso dip with the little, like, sausage. Yeah. Those, that's pretty good. Though. Their chips and salsa in the past have been the bomb. Like, they're up there in yeah. terms of my rankings. So we got some chips and salsa. I was like, man, it's just not hitting tonight. And then I was like, I'm, I'm just not hungry at all. Give me some boneless wings just so I can be with the wife and just chew on something. Boneless? Be- yeah. I thought you were a man, dude. It depends on where you're at. If you're at like a place that serves real wings, then yeah. If we're going to Polano's Pizza, we're getting the bone-in spicy honey oh, barbecue. Polano's Pizza. Not dude. a lot of people know about that when I talk to them. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's probably because it's a Buffalo Bills bar, but. Doesn't matter. Get in there, get that spicy honey barbecue wings, and yeah, go bone. Pizza's good. That too, dude. Yeah. Anyways, so they bring out. I'm never getting boneless wings at Chili's again because they bring out like the. uh, It looks like KFC chicken poppers. They're about this big with like no sauce, barely any sauce on them. Like if the sauce was on them, they almost washed it off. Oh, really? Dude, I was. My My biggest pet peeve. With boneless wings, is that there's so much effing bread. Yeah. There's more bread than chicken. I'm like, dude, 
Go to the store, grab some Dino Nuggets, throw some wing sauce on there, and <laughs> give it to me. You know, like have you been to? Have you had Barrow's uh, uh, boneless wings? No, I don't do boneless wings. Okay, my my wife does, but I refuse to eat them. Yeah, I feel like Barrow's does a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean we've had this conversation off the air. It's called Barrow's. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. never gonna change that. Do wings? No, I usually always do like a. Buffalo wings, yeah. not yeah, just normal buffalo wings, because I tend to go with the barbecue chicken pizza. Yeah, it's too much barbecue with the wings and stuff. So that's probably why I like their barbecue chicken pizza. It's because the barbecue sauce. Yeah, and on the wings, probably delicious. Hmm. You find out next time. Oh, also, I made a mistake this weekend at a side job. You want, oh. Did you want? You want to tell the story while you just got your contractor license? <laughs> Uh, well, this is how, like, you handle a mess up. Oh, okay. A, uh, so, the, it was a friend of my wife's, uh, they are doing a baby's room, and they wanted paint done and wallpaper done in there, along with some trim work. So, to do the wallpaper, you need to smooth out the texture on the walls, all that stuff. So, smoothed out the texture, uh, put the trim on, painted some of the walls, came back this Saturday to, um, paint the trim, and do the wallpaper and I was going to spray it just like your house. Mm -hmm. um, and I sprayed it on there and went to lunch, came back from lunch and it was starting to crack. The paint was cracking in a couple places. So I was like, what the heck is this? So I called Larry yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Hey dude, I did something. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I explained it to him. He's like, bro, you probably sprayed it on way too thick. Well, and then on some of the areas, there might, might not have been... Uh, I think I did some touch-ups on primer that might not have dried all the way. And so it started just having those small surface cracks. So I was like, all right, like, what do I need to do? He's like, all right, you need to sand it down and then essentially do it again. Like on the dry... He's like, on the drywall areas, sand it a little bit, re-drywall it, and then repaint it. I'm like... What grid sandpaper do you use? Or do you use like a sponge? Uh... No, on so the drywall's like it, it's painted at this point. Yeah, the no, I was saying. Like, so what do you use to, to sand off the the paint? Uh, no, I re-drywalled all the drywall areas, and then I took eighty grit sandpaper on the wood and sanded it down. Oh fuck, dude! So the first half of the sat, like I'm supposed to finish the job this past Saturday. I spent the second half of the day essentially trying to get back to where I started at the beginning of that day. I asked Larry, I'm like, hey do you have time to come paint this for me? Because I am not going to have time to do it. And he's like, I can be there Monday with a guy and we can take care of it. So I'm like, sweet, that'd be great. So uh, Saturday, got the whole thing, re-drywalled, sanded down, came Monday morning, finished prepping it for him, all that stuff. He came in Monday, sprayed it, looks great. And then I hung uh, all the wallpaper yesterday. So the picture's up on Instagram right now if you guys want to check it out. So it turned out... It turned out great. I'm super happy with it, but it was just like having to go to the customer and be like, hey, here's the wall. It looks great, but when you get close to it, there's cracking in it. That's not acceptable to me. I'm going to fix this. Yeah, so dude, screw painters. They make that shit look so easy, like effortless. Oh, my gosh. Like even when they handle guns, it's like, oh, yeah, all you got to do is this, this, this. If you try it yourself, it does not go that smoothly. No. Yeah. So for, for now, I've sworn off spraying. Yeah, I mean, I had I had a paint issue too because you know how um, 
I painted the lids for the Halloween buckets. Yep. I spray painted them or whatever. Um, well, I was like, oh, well, I got an extra black one. So I started like being way too anal and like color corning them. Yeah. So I made some blue ones, the Easter ones. So we know which one was Easter. Yeah, yeah. Just Thanksgiving. By looking at it. Yeah. And then we have a bunch of red ones, but any ones that had the yellow ones, like the, what are the ADX? The ones HDX. you get, HDX ones. Yep. I, I, I spray painted those. But even I fucked up. Ah, oh, dang it! I said the F word. Um, I. Uh, you said it like four times this have podcast. Have I really? Oh, I yeah. thought I said the freak. No, no, no. You no. You said the F word. And I wonder how much I actually curse in front of my kids. <laughs> I think it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had a lot of the same cracking and the the shriveling on a lot of them. Yep. And then one of them, I tried to like take it off but i had to take off all of it and i'm still working on it and retrying so like the all so like there's like four or five bins where like the paint's on good the spray yep. and stuff but like there's just like cracks and stuff all all over you can't see it because i put enough paint in it but it's right. not like smooth and look yep. really nice but yeah that's why i hate paint yeah well at least no one's paying for it in my yeah. case i had people who it's like Oh, here's the other kicker. The customer, uh, the gentleman, he does woodworking. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing woodworking, those guys are super precise with all their stuff. Everything has to just be dialed in. So I knew going in, this guy is going to be looking at the details. And I was like, I need to make sure that this looks good. And And when that happened, I was like, oh, dear God. But we got it fixed, and so did finished. you tell him what happened? Oh yeah, you brought him in. And was like, hey, this is messed up, so I got to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want them to find it. I didn't want any of that. And it was. Um, did you did you tell him be like, I'm having my painter guy come in and just knock it out? Yep. I and I told him as well. I'm I'm bringing him in. This is going to be uh, no cost to you guys. This was my mistake, so I'm taking care of that. Uh, so I I try and honor. Um, the price that I give to people is the price they pay at the end of the day. Yeah. And so it's, there's like, if, if there are small additions sometimes to a job, I, I try and let it go. Um, or if it's taking me extra time than I thought it would, unless we're on a time and material basis. Like if I give you a fixed price for something, I don't want to come back to you and say, yeah. Hey, like I screwed up. We need to Yeah, fix it's not this. like they're asking you to do something else, you know? So. Right. And I made a commitment to them. So for me, it's just that's uh, that's just a part of the integrity where it's like, no, we just gotta yeah. get taken care of. All right, well, I think that's enough about us. Yep. Let's talk. Oh yeah, let's well, get hammered. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sledgehammers in the Office podcast, where we celebrate the heavy hitters on the job site and in the office. Today, I'm joined as usual by Mason Oxendale. What are we drinking, sir? Rockstar Recovery. Usually don't try not to drink caffeine this late, but I got a lot. Still got more shit. I need. I gotta stop cursing. Dude. <laughs> I got more stuff I gotta do, including stop cursing. <laughs> and then, as always, Shamrock Farms chocolate milk, the whole milk, because it's the best. And right now, it's at, pure. It's great tasting. Yep. Milk in every pour. At Fries, if you uh, go in there at the one on Eighth and Deer Valley tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and you use promo code Saito, and then scan your fries card. <laughs> get fifty cents off. You can get two for seven dollars. 
All right. Um, we're going to go over our numbers real quick. Uh, this is going to be uh, for Arizona, the greater Phoenix area, so that you guys can kind of track what's going on uh, inside of real estate and then inside of uh, building materials. So current active homes, we have 11,551, which I was honestly a little surprised at that number. Uh, just we have a decent inventory, especially going into the new year. Uh, closed numbers, 3,869. Uh, we talked about that last time. Should be uh, same, pretty similar. That's a little lower, lower than last year, but we understand. Interest rate, <clears throat> wow, my voice is not doing too well. Interest rate is at 6.82%. Uh, a lot of people are talking about, oh, interest rates are... 8% right now, right? Nope. Uh, we've seen the interest rates come down a little bit, but we're going to get into that in a second. 2 by 4 is 318. That stayed the same. Plywood. We talked about this last week. I think it was around $16 a sheet. It is right now $28.65. So it has jumped within like two or three weeks by, what was that, uh, $14, something like that. You know that piece of plywood that you left in my house? Yeah. That we don't have a receipt for? I have a receipt for it. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm not asking you for it. Okay. Do you think that if I just take it to Home Depot and be like, hey, I don't have a receipt for this, this extra piece, can I return it? That I can, give email, me, you, I can email stop. you the receipt. They'll give me the current price back instead of what you paid for it. Possibly. Pocket a little 14 <laughs> bucks right there. No, that uh, that sheet of plywood when I bought it was $100. Yeah. I just not, Yeah, it's not normal plywood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about the interest rates real quick. Uh, this is something, like we said, it becomes a topic of conversation for the holidays, whether it's at Thanksgiving, Christmas, or New Year's. So we want to talk to you guys a little bit about what's going on. There's people who are saying 8% and they're wrong. So Mason, talk to us about what is going on with the interest rate currently. Uh, what's going on a little bit in that realm, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I believe it's been a week, maybe two weeks. That uh, it's probably been only about a week. It's two weeks. Since two we weeks. Met. No, but I'm talking about since the uh, interest rates have oh, dropped. Okay, go ahead. Because what we got all the way up to eight percent, flirted around seven nine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom! It dropped a full percent two weeks ago. We were in the six nine seven percent, and now we've dropped even more to six point eight or yeah six point eight two percent. So no interest rate on eight percent. They are six point eight. We're sub seven. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Haven't uh, seen those numbers since when I bought the house. <laughs> um. But uh. Also, too, I mean, we. I don't want to go too in depth with all the crazy stuff because the Fed's met t tonight, mm -hmm. and it looks like they're going to keep. Steady the Fed's rate. They're not moving it up or down, which is good since that would be five straight months. So about five months it stayed the same, and that's correlating for where, what was it? Where do I have it? March of 2020, of 22 is when they started, the Fed started or hiking back up the rates. And that's when we've seen the, you know, their rates go all crazy and stuff, but. There's a lot of things that go into it, including inflation. So usually as inflation drops, so does uh, interest rates. Uh, back in July, inflation was at 9%. Now we're all the way down to 3.1%. But Feds do want to see that around 2%. So we're not fully there yet. Hence why they've 
have not dropped it, but kept it the same. Um, but that drop in inflation usually leads to uh, a decrease in interest rates, but it didn't. It actually made it go higher um, without going too much into the weeds. Um, I mean, I don't want to put the president on blast, but you I mean Biden uh, passed a law or not a law or some kind of bill or something that took off the uh, cap for debt mm. to allow people just to keep spending more and more money, which more money was out there, which caused interest rates to stay higher, essentially. Mm. Um, and then they started, you know, being a little more harsher with your credit score and stuff, which also, again, kept the interest rates higher. So essentially the only way to get the interest rates back is to take out the money that you put in, which I don't think you can do. Um, also is we're banking on the feds to start investing again into what do they call mortgage mortgage backed security loans? Cause that is what's directly going to affect the interest rate. But I think that we're also just seeing from July where the, Inflation was at nine. Now it's down to three. I think we're just starting to reap those benefits to get the lower interest rates. Plus, the Fed's keeping the rate the same is good signs. And everything that came out of the meeting was talking about there's going to be four, potentially three to four Fed decreases this year, which will ultimately lead to get those interest rates even lower. Yeah. I've heard people even say into like the fours. I don't know how realistic that is. Yeah, that seems a little bit like wishful thinking. Exactly, but I do think that, you know, over the next six months, we're going to be in that period where the interest rate's going to be, you know, for a while we were in that six, that seven range. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we're just going to be in that range where it's going to be volatile. It's going to be maybe going up, going down. Nobody knows what it's going to do. Yep, which um, in a big part of that is too going to be, uh, I know uh, there's a lot of people who are watching to see how, the spending goes mm -hmm. just in general with the uh, Christmas season right now. Which, I mean, you don't want to bang on the government making the proper decisions. <laughs> but hopefully that's why the feds kept it the same because they forecasted it's not going to get any worse. Yep. But then again, if everybody else is like me where they buy their Christmas presents last minute, <laughs> we could go, it could skyrocket a little bit. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. We'll keep tracking it as... Uh, we have updates for you guys. We'll let you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll let you know. Especially if you're looking to buy a house. Or if you're like me, refinance. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's wrap Let's wrap up the podcast. We still have a ways to go, but with uh, talking about the process to become a general contractor. And this is going to be, the, to the best of my memory, the experience that I went through. And then we're going to try and throw some numbers onto this. So... Uh, I'm going to have Mason with our trusty whiteboard here showing all our video people some numbers along the way uh, as far as the totals go. So I'm going to assume that whoever I'm talking to has the necessary experience for uh, getting the license they're going for. Each section, if it's a general contractor, a licensed electrician, HVAC, plumber, whatever it is, they need to have a minimum uh, time worked in that field to become a qualifying party. So I'm going to assume that you have that. Uh, first thing you're going to want to do is set up an LLC. That's going to be going to the Arizona Corporation Commission. Just look it up online, Arizona Corporation Commission, uh, form an LLC. You need to 
you can look into how that's supposed to be formed uh, on other YouTube pages or even just other financial experts, not us. Uh, from what I remember, I set up an LLC for $85 and had everything approved within 24 to 48 hours. So $85 for the LLC, that brings our total to $85. Cool. Uh, after that, you're going to want to go get an EIN number with uh, the government. That's going to be uh, through, I believe, the IRS. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you go to the IRS website, you can sign up for an EIN number with the LLC that you have just created. That's going to be for your tax purposes. It's essentially what a social security number for your business. Exactly. Cool. Uh, and then that was... If I remember correctly, it was around $100. So that's one of them that I'm a little fuzzy on, which brings our total now to... $185 to get the necessary ingredients to just say you have a business. Well, there's one more. It's and not that's saying gonna, you, you not saying you can do anything with it. Well, the one, one other thing is going to be a business bank account. That so, is true. Um, that is more going to be if you have money on hand to be able to put into the business bank account... Um, so I did all of that, uh, online. You can go to a branch and do that, all that good stuff. So as long as you have the money to put into it, usually your bank's not really going to charge you for that. So we left that blank. Uh, then we go to, you're going to have two tests that are required for your, uh, licensing. And we're just going to talk about general contractors. So for a general contractor's license, the first one's going to be a rules and regulations, uh, test and then the other one's going to be a trade specific so the rules and regulations test it can be uh, i did mine online uh, there are review sheets that are super helpful and if you know how to use them you can get through this course pretty dang quickly uh, if i remember correctly this cost about three hundred dollars uh, a lot all the material that i needed for this was downloadable in like pdfs um and then they had like the study resources at the end. So that's three hundred dollars, which brings our total to three hundred dollars. I was just gonna add up all of the test stuff that you need. Oh well, yeah. With the rules, rules and regulation test, the EIN and the LLC, we're at four eighty-five. Mm -hmm. All right, and then we're gonna move on to going towards the trade specific. You're gonna need to get books for this. The ones that you're going to need uh, that I found the most helpful are going to be the OSHA uh, rules, the re uh, International Residential Code, and then the International Building Code. I went through a company to help with uh, the prep for this, which we'll get into in a second, but when they sell the books to you, they offer to sell you tabs and a highlighter. Uh, you can buy the highlighters along uh, on your own if you want, but the tabs themselves, buy them because they are the official ones that will be allowed in the test center. If you have the wrong notes in your book, if you have notes written down in your book at the test center, they will look through it. If they see it, they have you tear that page out, and hopefully you do not need that page. So use the approved tabs. Otherwise, if it's the wrong tab, they'll have you tear it out. Um, so let's see. Where are we at? Books. I, don't, I think I had trade specific and books all together. I forget. No, oh, you had a separate. Okay. Uh, so to establish your business plus to get all the proper stuff to study for your test, you're looking at $1,235. Yeah, those books are pretty expensive. And now is an estimate. It may have been, the prep and books may have been more like uh, a, thou a thousand altogether. Uh, so add 250 to that. Just that's... <clears throat> 
that's our margin of error right now. The trade-specific course, you get one month of an online, you get a 12-month uh, subscription to go use their um, on-site study center, which is essentially just the same thing as their online, so there's literally no difference. Uh, they're going to be teaching you how to use your books, and the way they do that is they have a question for you, and on the on some of the practice questions they have, here's where you can find it in the book, and they're teaching you where to go. Start highlighting those areas where you need to go, because they'll tell you where it is. And on the practice tests, and then on the real test, they don't show you where to go in the book to find it. You need to know off the top of your head. So get comfortable knowing where it is. Um, this is not, you're not going to learn anything. So if you think I'm going to go learn to be a general contractor here, this is not what you are doing. You are demonstrating that you have the capability already to be a general contractor. Um, and a big part that what they're testing for is can you use the books uh, to make sure you're in compliance with all the codes and things like that. Anyways, uh, they talk about not memorizing anything and, uh, just using your book, I honestly find it helpful to memorize things. You need to know how to use your book. But at the end of the day, if you can get one or two more questions on the test, even just by having memorized an answer or two, that's a huge win. So um, for me, it's if I get an annotation on a question I know I got wrong, I'll go maybe write it down in a note that, hey, this is this is a section or something I need to work on, stuff like that. I've even created audio notes for myself based off of that. Um, yeah, so that's the course. You want to be testing, <clears throat> take the practice test score in the 90s two times, and that's going to be with the no notations, then go schedule your test. Uh, at the trade-specific test, that's going to be at a testing center, so bring your books. I brought extra sheets of paper. I brought a calculator. I brought pencils. I brought all that stuff, and they're like, nope, you get to take your books in. We have a pencil for you. We have scratch paper. We have a calculator for you. Um, not, it's not bad to bring those things just in case, but that, that was the experience I went through. The test for that um, was $300, which brings our total to... 1686 Okay different than my numbers on the spreadsheet did you know, change you it add, yeah you added it okay you added the, the spread in gotcha okay and then um after that once you've completed the trade specific test you're going to get a certificate saying congratulations you did this uh both the tests get a certificate that are valid for two years so even if you didn't want to sign up right away or you needed time uh to put money together or stuff like that or whatever it is um they're good for two years now you get to go and um start doing your application, which is going to involve getting a background check with the state. Uh, and for me, there was a two-day turnaround on that. Sometimes people on background checks with common names, it'll take longer. Uh, so on the background check, we were looking at... I just rounded up $21. Okay. What do we got? So we have establish your business. Yep. Test material. Yep. Pass the test. Yep. You're looking at... $2,006. Alrighty. Uh, and then we're going to be getting the bond. So people talk about being licensed, bonded, and insured. So you need to have your license and bond at the same time. So to get the bond, there's uh, as you're going through the application, they have certain vendors that they recommend that you can work with uh, that, that they've vetted, I guess, and say, hey, these are the guys that or good to work with. And they give you the amount that you're going to need on coverage for your bond based on what you're estimating with your business. 
and then you go purchase that. So for the one I went for, according to what I was given, the bond cost $300, which brings our total to $2,314. Yeah, because I think it was 300 and change. I rounded up your change. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Um, so after that, you're going to keep on going through your uh, application. Uh, and then the application, you're going to have to, you're going to want all your paperwork together. So all those certificates, they get sent to you electronically. Keep all this stuff in a labeled folder that you know where it is on your computer so you can upload it. You're going to need to upload a picture of your driver's license. You're going to need to upload the bond information. You're going to need to, um, uh, you're just going to need all that stuff. And it's, it, the reason why it's really important is because I finished my application once I got my background check back on a Saturday morning. Uh, and they said it takes usually 25 to 30 days to process everything. I had the certificate from the ROC that Monday uh, by 3 p.m. saying you are now uh, registered with the ROC. Here's your ROC number, all that good stuff. Because... You had all your shit together. I had all my shit together. I uploaded everything correctly, and we were good to go. So that's why. Make sure all your ducks are in a row. Uh, you have to pay an application fee with the state of $1,050, which now brings our total to $3,364. So $3,300 out the door to, take it to establish a business, take a test, pass it, and get all the documents submitted so you legally are, are a licensed and bonded general contractor. Boom. But now, wait. There's more. Uh, there's licensed, bonded, and insured. The state takes care of licensed and bonded for you out the door. The last one is insured. This is the one that I've been working through today. I actually signed my paper uh, paperwork for this today. Uh, so insurance should be kicking in uh, January 1st for all this. Then we can say we're licensed, bonded, and insured over at Saito. Um, insurance is going to be based off of the amount of work that you expect to do in the year. Uh, so sometimes for certain companies, there's minimums on that as far as, hey, we have a minimum price that you can pay for your general liability insurance. That's going to be the big one that you're going to need. Uh, so the one that I signed up for is going to be off of 250000 and I think this is high, but it's more of a safeguard that rather than being too low and having to fix things, they talk to your insurance person about it with all the details, but we went off of uh, an expectation of 250000 just based on some conversations I've had, wanted to make sure that everything was protected correctly. That came out to $3,300. Now, on top of that, we have an umbrella policy. Now, is that... Um, something that you need to be insured or is that something that you did like a little extra safety guard? It should be just an extra safety guard. Some companies are going to ask that you have it. So it was more just, I wanted to have all my ducks in a row. Yeah. Have it to be ready for anything. Exactly. Um, and for that one, I got quoted at like $850 for that. So, um, that would be licensed, bonded and insured. Putting all those numbers together, I know Mason is working on that as quickly as he can. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, you just we changed up numbers, so now they're not here. Yeah. Uh, Where are we at? Seven thousand 
$514. All right. So the general liability uh, payment can be broken up. So you'd have essentially... Uh, it's going to get paid out like your car insurance throughout the year. You'd have an initial deposit and then get to pay it out. So you don't need to have all that money up front. But if you do want to pay everything up front, we're looking at the number like Mason said. The last thing, this one is not required, but we've talked about this in episodes before. If you don't have a website, sometimes it, it seems like you do not exist. So, uh, I highly recommend it, and the reason why is I was a little uh, intimidated by this a little bit just getting into it to see, did I want to do it myself? Did I want someone else to do it? I had someone tell me, hey, you can do this yourself. Here's where I did it. So went to Squarespace to set it up, uh, got the domain that I wanted, and then um, uh, got the website all put together. And all of that came out to $210 for the year. So that one is going to be a uh, subscription fee. And then that is going to bring our grand total to go from I am someone who's been in the trades for a long time. I want to start my own business to being a licensed general contractor. If uh, following that path, I arrived at a total of $7,724 to be fully established licensed bonded and insured contracting business yep now we'll make a note too you have to have a website uh your social media page is not your website those should be <laughs> used those should be utilized to drive traffic to your website yeah or more to call your freaking phone number at the end of the day you're trying to get leads to convert there's some people who are going to look you up online. There's some people who are going to look you up on social media. Some people go from social media to looking you up as a website. And if they can't find you as a website, are you legit? Are you real? What kind of stuff are you doing? Um, make make it easy on them. Or even if you uh, word of mouth. Yep. Well, so, that too. Yep. So like I had a lead from a family member, one of his best friends, and called him, talked to him about... Uh, listing a house or whatever and before uh, I was given the call at nighttime on whatever let's say Tuesday I called Wednesday afternoon mm -hmm. and by that time he had the guy had already I mean he's recommend his best friend recommended me he already said that he looked me up yep and he went through all my different stuff yep. and made a comment about my new website which was nice <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, you know, word of mouth, definitely old school way. I do think that's also the one of the best ways to grow a business, but you also got people got to be able to find you. Yep. So, um, we're going to be making the announcement on social media. Hold on. Sorry. I missed that. Your intro, but what's the website called? Did you say it and I missed it? No, I was going to, you had uh, a spiel. Not really. Okay. The website is cytocontracting.com. www.cytocontracting.com. That's, yep. that's it? Yeah. Cool. Um, January 1st, the we should officially be licensed, bought, and insured, so we'll be making the announcement on social media then. Um, we appreciate the people who listen to the podcast, so we want to make the announcement here uh, more publicly first. Um, so, yeah, we... We're super excited. We've got an episode next week uh, before we take a break for Christmas and New Year's, and then um, we're going to be hitting the ground running. So 
Yep, it's going to, I want to say, it is our, next year's podcast, I mean, the podcast is going to be a little different. Yep. And you'll find out next week, hence why we kind of. I thought we told everyone already. Yeah, we probably did, but they we, probably we didn't listen to the teased, episode. We haven't teased all of it, because there's one more thing we're going to tease next week with. No, did we tell them about the edition? I think we already told them that someone's joining our podcast. I don't think we did. I thought we did. If not, then we'll say the name next week. Yeah. All right, but someone's going to be joining our podcast in the new year. We'll tell you who it is next week. We've got something we've been working on for probably a... It's been in the works for a couple months. We haven't been, like, hands-on with it for a couple months, but we've got that next week that we're super excited to show you guys. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool. You're going to be able to, like, you know, hands-on watch the journey. It's going to be more business-related also Yep. as we talk we're, about. We're trying to get more transparent with what we're doing. Um. And make it where if someone wants to follow along, they can. Mm-hmm. So we've got... And we're doing it. We're not just... Like what Thad did to himself, where he kept telling himself that it was greener on the other side. <laughs> or gave other people good information, but didn't follow it himself. Yep. We're giving you information, and you can follow along and find out if we're full of shit. <laughs> that is... Which is 50-50 at this point. Yep. Um... Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, that's why we wanted to make the announcement here first. January 1st, uh, like everything should be licensed, bought, and insured. We'll be making that announcement social media. We're super excited for uh, where the podcast is going with next week and then next year, uh, just the stuff that we're trying to plan with that. Uh, starting in January, we're going to be looking to do two podcasts a month. We'll have a guest on and then uh, our regular show so we're going to try and be doing fewer shows, but trying to put better information into our shows. And then obviously we've got our guests, which are... I like it. Dude, I love having our guests on. So, um, yeah. There we go. Until next time. Hope your hammer stays accurate. Your Wi-Fi fast. And your work blessed. See you, everybody. Blah, blah. Is it good to make a gun noise after you do the... Whatever that's called. That's a Catholic thing, right? Yeah. Yeah.